There was a young man, I think it was, turned up uh, to church one day and was talking to the pastor. And he said to the pastor, would you please pray for my shadow? There it is. Would you please pray for my shadow? The pastor looked at this young guy and thought like, like what? And he said, uh, he tried to be gracious, of course, probably thought there was something missing. And he said, uh, why would you want me to pray for your shadow? And he said, well, I've been reading the Bible. And in Acts chapter five, verse 15, Peter's shadow healed the sick. And there's a lady in where I work in the cubicle next to me. She's got cancer. She won't let me pray for her. So I need my shadow to heal her in Jesus' name. This young Christian still believed what the Bible actually talks about. And still believe the miracles in the Bible are still available to us today. God send me some Christians that want their shadow prayed for. God send me some Christians who still believe who still believe what this Bible talks about and the miracles that we read in this place. You know, because this is, friends, this is not just a history book. It's not just a, a bit of fantasy of these great things that happened once in history, but we're never, ever going to see it again. So this morning, get ready. I am going to push your faith. I'm going to stretch your faith. And some of you are going to squirm and say, come on, pastor, ease up on this. Uh, this you're taking us too far here. You know, slow, slow this down a bit. I ain't going to slow down. Believe me, I'm, I want to go after this with everything that I have got. So I want to welcome in all our campuses today. Great to have you with us uh, from Kaitaia. Welcome, uh, Whangarei City, West, of course, Rotorua and Sydney. My job and my purpose of having everyone online is always the same. I want the whole family together getting the same message so I can impart the DNA, the prophetic direction of the church so we can all move forward together. So come on, let's welcome in all our campuses today. Fantastic to have you with us uh, throughout this service. You know, we read in uh, 1 Corinthians 4 verse 20, which I believe is a key verse for Church Unlimited campuses moving forward, which is the kingdom of God is not just words, it's power. You know, we got to friends, we've, we've for so long settled for the kingdom of God, church services, the Christian life, just being words. We've settled for it. How on earth we'll settle for it, I have no idea. But we're not gonna settle for it any longer. The enemy has stolen what, is, what belongs to the church. He's st stolen the supernatural. But you and I and all campuses, we're going down to the enemy's camp. And believe me, we are taking back what the enemy has stolen. We will get back the supernatural power of God because it belongs to the church. It belongs to every born-again believer. It belongs to you and it belongs to me. Friends, can I encourage you? Do not be denied what is your inheritance from God. The supernatural power of God in your life on a daily and a regular basis. Here's a quote for you. When the church is operating in power, it offers the best show in town. Yeah, Friends, it's time 
that the church was the best show in town. All we need is a couple of blind eyes to seal, heal, see, a couple of people out of wheelchairs, and this place, every campus will be packed out. It will be the best show in town. Come on, church, let's deliver this for the sake of a broken world, a lost world, a desperate world who's looking for answers, who's looking for power, who's looking to be healed. And friends, we and I have the answer. You know, I'm beginning to see uh, more of God's power, which is really exciting. You know, I do these encounter sessions. Uh, one of the sessions I did, uh, some of you know Boyd's wife, Sharon. Uh, she had real problems with her voice. In one of the encounter sessions, God healed her voice and restored it. She's actually a great singer. Um, another place I was in Wellington, and uh, at one point I said to people to kneel. And this lady that for, for decades, she hadn't been able to kneel, she forgot. And she knelt down, and her daughter began to panic, thinking she will never get up again. Well, when she stood up again, her her knees were totally healed by the power of God. There is another testimony that came a day later after I left the place, and uh, another lady, she also knelt. And when she got up, her knees had been healed 90%. I don't know why sometimes God does 90%, but I'm sure I'm trusting that she'll get to the 100% right now, just push through for that final breakthrough. You know, when I was doing an encounter session, the, the atmosphere and this one was thick with surrender, thought of surrender, which was different. These encounter sessions are different wherever I do them. And when I went through that, I had a number of testimonies come up afterwards. This young teenager, maybe 13 or 14 years old, at their surrender, she was impacted by the Spirit of God, said, I must get water baptized. Isn't it good when you're not told to get water baptized, but the Holy Spirit stirs your heart, says, hey, surrender to water baptism. There was another person that testified after the meeting that had been resisting a call to, to the call of God to serve on staff among children. I think the person had said no three times. In that encounter session, God spoke to the person. I think they, I think they had a vision. And by the end of that session, they'd put up their hand and says, okay, I'll take on this role on staff. Friends, encounters with God. There was another person that said to me that, you know, they knew that God was calling them to serve and had something really important for them to do for the kingdom of God. But this person could not trust God to look after them if, he, if that person surrendered to what they knew God was calling them to do. The person came up to me afterwards, uh, I think from, uh, from Asia, they were an Asian person, and with tears in his eyes, he said, in this encounter session, he said, God met with me. And he said, I believe I can now trust God fully with my future if I surrender to him and serve him the way I know he's been calling me to do. He said, I'm so excited about what God is gonna do in the future. So we're starting to see, it's not a lot, it's not fantastic, friends, but we're on this journey, you know, where the, where the energy goes, the power flows. You pursue power, you're gonna see more and more of it all the time. And I'm sure our campuses are seeing more of God's power as well. So I want you, I want you to expect God, as we always say across all our campuses, Expect God to do something in your heart before the end of the service. We don't have to have encounter sessions. Friend, this is an encounter session. Every service is an encounter session. You know, we should meet with God in every single service we ever attend, whether it's a church service or a youth service or, or kids service or any service, life group, whatever it is. Don't go just to a meeting. Go to meet with God. You know, I wonder whether we call them meetings. We probably should be, you know, meet with God. You know, if we think that way, the more you expect it, the more you are going to see it. I'm beginning to read and see that there's a new reformation coming to the church. 
You know the previous Reformation with Martin Luther as a key player? You know, it was a Reformation of justification by faith and not by works, which radically transformed the church. But they're now saying there's a new Reformation coming, and this Reformation is a Reformation of love and of power. Interesting, isn't it? So God is going to so move that the church is going to be filled with this incredible, unconditional love. And also with supernatural power flowing through every born-again believer. A, a move, a reformation of love and power. How many of you reckon that there'll be good reformation if we could get that happening in the church? Do you know what are two of our cultures? People are our passion, and the Holy Spirit is our power. Those cultures are online with what God is saying to the body of Christ, friends. A, a move of love and a move of great power is coming to the church, and I'm really looking forward to what, what God will do in the coming weeks and in the coming months here at Church Unlimited. You know, with that, they're saying, and I believe this is true, intimacy with God is going to be the new wineskin for serving. Yeah, totally. mm. Note that, friends. Yeah. It'll, it'll radically transform how we serve God, so and it's actually a safety net. If you go into too much power and all the rest of it and success, without this, you're going to crash. And that's why many great leaders and miracle workers did crash, because I think the intimacy was not what it could have been or should have been, but intimacy with God. And so what's going to happen, I think, friends, in this whole thing of intimacy with God is that our worship of God, let me find this. <laughs> Here's my, where's my track here? Yeah, is going to, that's right, yeah. Ministry to the Lord will take priority over ministry to people. Ministry to the Lord will take priority over ministry to the people. If you want to serve God, if you want to be effective in serving God, please mark that, friends. It's part of the new reformation. That ministry to the Lord, that's got to be the priority. Because what? You minister out of your relationship with God. You know, you don't minister out of here, you minister out of your spirit. You know, Mary and Martha, Martha's running around like crazy, you know, worn out serving God. Mary's sitting at the feet of Jesus, and so Martha criticizes Mary, right? Mary's just sitting there, you know, ministering to the Lord. And what did Jesus say? Martha, Martha, you're troubled about many things, but Mary has chosen the best part. You know, a worshiper will always outperform a worker. A worshiper will always outperform a worker. Because why? You've got the Spirit of God and the power of God uh, on your side. Uh, it's not by might. It's not by power. There's all this running around. It's by my Spirit, says the Lord. How do you get more of the Spirit? By making ministry to the Lord a priority over ministry to the field. That's how you get the Spirit. That's how you get the power. That's how you have great success in your life and in your ministry. So I want to share with you a couple of uh, what I believe is one of the major keys to knowing God's power, and that is we must go. Yeah, right. We must go. So at the end of the service, this new Christian came up to another pastor, and he said, uh, end of the service, he said, when do we do the stuff? <laughs> and, the, and the pastor said, well, what stuff? And he said, well, I've been reading my Bible. That's a good thing to do, by the way. Read this book. He's not reading Mark 16 that Jesus' last commission was to go into all the world, heal the sick, cast out demons. So, Pastor, when are we going to do this? When's, when's this happening? When's this in part of our service? I don't know what the pastor said, 
But I could imagine he said something like this. Well, son, what we do is we, we, we have great programs. We have a fantastic song set. We have amazing preaching. The service is in order. We open the doors and we tell the lost people, come on in. And they respond, sorry, we're not coming. If you want us, you better come and get us. When do we do the stuff, friends? When do we get outside the four walls of the church? See, we gotta go, because going is a key to seeing the release of God's power flowing in our lives. You see, you know, so we gotta bring them in, but as we go, and isn't it true, you know, the gospel's all about go, and one of our cultures, beyond is our purpose. You know, the first two letters of God are what? G-O. Is that right? First two letters of God are G-O. It's all about go. And might I add, what are the first two letters of golf? G-O. There will be golf in heaven. All right, and I'll be on that first tee, bashing that ball, and it's going to go a lot further than I ever can hit it right now because I'll have supernatural power to charge it forward. So, hey, just remember, take up golf if you want to be close to God. G-O, go. All right. Hey, look, the key reason they say many Christians do not experience the power of God is we fail to go. I reckon one simple step into the harvest fields of the world is a key to unlocking God's power. You see, the majority of Jesus' miracles and of the disciples and of the apostles and in the early church was not in the synagogue, but was outside the four walls in the marketplace. Start moving in the marketplace and you will see the power of God. Start moving in your school, start moving in the university, start moving in your street, and you will see the power of God in unprecedented and powerful ways. There's a couple I heard about that walked through a mall and they would just pray, they would just pray. So let's pick on any mall in your campuses, whatever your nearest mall is, we've got one here right down in Henderson. So imagine these couple that walked through and they'd pray for everybody they saw, pray for our business owners, employees, you know, our customers, people walking around, they'd pray for everybody. After a while, this was a, the mall with the, the highest crime rate in that city or in that whole region. And uh, the, the, one day the police, after a year, the police came to them and they said, we know what you're doing. This was the more with the highest crime rate in the city, and now it has got the lowest crime rate in the city. And we believe your prayers had something to do with it. Please keep praying. Now, friends, can I just say this to you? We can all do that. You can, why don't you pray, pray walk your street every day and see what happens in a year. Or pray walk your, your workplace every day for a year prayer walk your school every day for a year or your university, wherever it might be, just prayer walk it for a year and watch what God will do. How many of you believe prayer is powerful? It really is. Okay, tell the person next to you, you should do that. <laughs> you should do that. In fact, we should all do that. You know, the power of God has been the key to almost every kingdom advance and revival. Yeah. It's always been marked by the power of God. So we're not gonna reach this world by new strategies and new programs. Right. I mean, you can have those and they're, they're, not, they're not ungodly, they're not wrong, they're okay, but the biblical approach 
will get the job done, which is what? Preach the gospel, work miracles, and you will get the job done. The strategy has been straightforward and simple, but I think what we've done, we've tried every other strategy in the book, every other plan in the book, every other uh, you know, method in the book, friends, and none of it ultimately works because there's only one proven method, preach the gospel, move, work in miracles, signs and wonders, and multitudes will come to a saving knowledge of Jesus Christ. It is estimated Jesus spent 60% of his time working miracles or healing the sick. 60% of it, everyone say 60%. Can I hear your campuses? 60%. I wanna ask us all a question. How, what percentage of your time do you spend healing the sick? Are, are we, hey, are we followers of Jesus? Okay, he was the firstborn of many like him. So friends, we should spend a lot of our time working miracles, healing the sick. Tell the person next to you, you need to get on with that. Do it in the campuses too, come on. Tell them, get on with it. I mean, this is all Bible, friends. I said I was going to stretch your faith, and I'm going to keep stretching it for a bit longer. Even secular historians like Ramsey McMullen points to signs and wonders as a driving force behind the spread of Christianity. Wow. Even the unbelievers know that. Yeah. Wow. Maybe it's time for the believers to know that. <laughs> the driving force between the advance of Christianity has always been signs and wonders and miracles. That's why we've got to get this thing back, friends. If there's any chance of reaching your street, your family, your neighbours, your workplace, your school, we've got to get back signs and wonders. Imagine one of our young people going to a school tomorrow and someone's sick, blind or something and heals them. There'll be revival in that school pretty quickly, friends. You know, you can have a thousand strategies, but one miracle is going to do far more than all the strategies, all the praying, all the other efforts, friends. Come on, get someone out of a wheelchair. Get some deaf person listening, hearing, and we'll have revival in the schools of wherever your campus is. And uh, that's, that's what we need to see, friends, more and more. Habakkuk 3 verse 2, I love this. Lord, I've heard of your great fame. I stand in awe of your deeds. O oh Lord, renew them in our day. God, do it again in our day. This my day, this your day. I believe on God's agenda right now are unusual miracles. Unusual miracles. Acts 19 11, God worked unusual miracles by the hands of Paul. Why am I passionate about this? It's during some of my visitations, my most powerful ones, God spoke to me about this. And he said, Tark, the day is coming. You will see signs, not just of people being healed, and delivered and set free, you will see signs upon the earth. Yeah. I don't know what they're going to look like, friends, but Moses did a lot of signs on the earth to deliver Egypt from, uh, uh, deliver Israel from the Egypt and the Egyptians, and it took supernatural, miraculous power to do that. I believe the day is going to come. I don't know what it's going to look like, but I think God is going to excel himself and do something amazing. So would you just fasten your seatbelt like this, because I am going to really begin to stretch your faith. You ready? Tell the person next to you, get ready for your faith to be stretched. Come on, tell them across campuses, because some of you are going to listen to this and they're going to say, oh, I don't believe that. All right, are you ready? Are you ready? Here we go, here we go, here we go. Any miracle we read in the Bible can be experienced again if we will fully believe that it actually happened. You know, there's coming a level of wonder and amazement back to the church that will leave the world in awe and wonder. 
and amazement. Let the following miracles in the Bible begin to stir your faith. Now, they may look different in our day. I'm not sure it's going to be exactly the same, but I want you to just listen to some of the miracles that we read in the Bible. All right, you ready? And then compare them with the struggle that you're facing today. Number one, Moses split the Red Sea in two. The Israelites marched through and all the Egyptians were buried in the depths of the sea. How many of you reckon your miracle that you need is bigger than, than someone parting the Red Sea or parting the oceans? Maybe parting the, the, uh, one of the oceans or the, one of the seas that are around it. That is an amazing thing. What about Samson? Killed a thousand men with the jawbone of an ass. Please explain. Friends, this is a God of miracles. This is a God of power. This is a God of the supernatural. This is a God who can do absolutely anything. One thing that made God so angry is they limited the Holy One of Israel. They'd seen His miracles, but they still could not believe for a miracle to happen again. They kept on limiting Him, and God got mad with them. Friends, don't let God get mad with me. Let's have a look at Moses, uh, Joshua commanded the sun to stand still. Wow. Wow. Is anyone getting a little bit inspired in this place? No one, okay. I'm going to keep going anyway. I'll keep going anyway. All right. Uh, here, Elijah called down fire from heaven. He outran the chariot. Ooh, that's one of the seven spirits of God, by the way, the spirit of might, supernatural energies coming to the church. I believe for it for myself. I believe for supernatural energies in my life. I want you to believe for it as well. He, he, uh, Elijah could stop and start the rain. Gideon with 300 men defeated 135,000 of the enemy. 300 men, friends. That's all it took. This is a God of power, friends. Power belongs to God. Is anything too hard for the Lord? Do you need a miracle greater than one of these, the sun stopping in its midst? Come on, let faith arise, friends. I've got more to say yet. All right. Jesus fed 5,000 with two loaves and five fish. And he also walked on water, by the way. You were made in the image of God. Peter one time healed everyone in this massive crowd that turned up. He healed, the Bible says he healed every single person. May God do that again in our day. Philip was transported one place to another. <laughs> COVID-19, not going to stop us, friends. Philip's transport. You've got to go back into quarantine. No, no, you can't go to Australia. Shh, off we go. Don't even need a plane, mate. God wants us there. Away we go. Anyone up for Philip's transport? I reckon, I reckon there's going to be a lot of that in the coming days. I reckon God is going to excel Himself and the church is going to be a place of wonder and amazement. The world is going to look on and say, man, I want to be a part of what's happening there. I want Philip's transport too. I want to go and visit my relatives in, in, in London. <laughs> I'm up for Philip's transport. I don't know about you. But, but it must be hard, eh, for the people left behind. They must say, where's he gone? <laughs> Sweetie, just get ready, all right? If I suddenly disappear... It's either the rapture. No, if it's a rapture, you'll come with me. <laughs> some, for some of you others, if I'm gone, you just miss the rapture. Anyway, but if I'm suddenly gone, I just know it's Philip's transport. I'll probably be, I don't know, probably in Hawaii somewhere on the beach, you know. And I'll be there serving the Lord, raising the dead somewhere. Philip's transport is coming back. Tell people next to you, Philip's transport is coming back. <laughs> oh, I just love the miracles of the Bible, friends. This is not a history book. 
This is not a history book. This happened. This happened. And it's going to happen again in different ways, shapes, and forms. I don't know. If some of you are saying, I've had, I've had enough of these miracles. I'm not finished yet. I've got a few more to go. Peter raised Dorcas from the dead. Paul and Silas were set free by an earthquake. Imagine some fine Christians, they put some pastors in prison. They better watch out. There's going to be an earthquake. The pastors will be set free and the prison will be destroyed. That's going to be a problem, isn't it? So let's move on from that one. Paul's handkerchiefs healed and delivered people. So friends, ordinary disciples like you and me ministered the incredible power of Almighty God. Now, this is what I want to say, friends. Every miracle I've mentioned is either Old Testament, all right, or New Testament, all right, you got that? And my Bible says the glory of the latter house of our day is going to exceed anything that has happened in the past or in former history. Even Jesus himself said in uh, John 14, 12, most assuredly I say to you, he who believes in me, the works that I do uh, also, and greater works. Everyone say greater works. Come on, greater works. Say greater works. Yell it out. Greater works. Greater works than these. If you believe in him, will you do? Friends, this is for every one of us. If we will dare to believe some of the things that we're talking about, there's coming a level of miracle power and signs that, and mighty deeds in the church that are going to leave us amazed. Let me share a few of them for you. Missionary H.B. Garlic is walking through flooded river in Africa. There was no way across the river. It was flooded. If he went into there, certain death. He got close to the water's edge in a moment. It was on the other side. Phillips Transport. There's many stories. That's actually, Phillips Transport actually is reasonably, common's probably not the right word, but there's hundreds of examples of Phillips Transport uh, in history. This is beyond the days of the church, uh, beyond the days of the Bible, in in recent history. It's not an uncommon thing to, to happen. Miracle Transport. In the 1960s, Maltari in Indonesia was sitting in his church and the people were praying and suddenly they could all hear the sound of a rushing mighty wind. And uh, they could also feel that the, the fire of God was uh, in, their, in that building. And suddenly the village uh, fire bell began ringing. And the firefighters rushed to the building. And the outside of the building was covered in flames. But the church was not burning. It was the fire of God from heaven, friends. That day, hundreds gave their lives to Jesus Christ. Someone, you, one, one of these days, you're going to hear the fire alarm going out there. And maybe in your campus as well. And the fire alarm's going to turn up. You're going to see fire from the roof of this place. But there's going to be no fire, friends, because the fire of God has visited Church Unlimited in Jesus' name. Come on, let's believe for it, friends. That's happened. Look, that, that again has happened many times in history. This is not a rare occurrence. It happened during the Azusa Street Revival, I think, numbers of times and across the revivals of the world. But the glory of the latter house is going to be greater than the former house. 
Fantastic thing. Also in that Indonesia revival, you know, water was turned into wine for communion services. Food was regularly multiplied. Supernatural protection from animals. When young people were trying, going to a village to preach the gospel, they were in the forest. It got really dark. They couldn't see where they didn't know which way to go. There was a, a light from heaven. Showed them the pathway to their destination. When you go, one step into the harvest fields of the world will unlock the power of God for you, for me, for any one of us. Francis Xavier was in India 500 years ago. Yeah, I love reading this stuff. Oh, this stuff, gosh, it just, wow. You want to read some of it. Uh, I was working signs and wonders. He arrived in Goa, a Portuguese port. In six months, he had shaken the entire city with the gospel. Wow. Six months. In one month, he baptized 10,000 people. Come on, church. Come on, church. One month. One month baptized 10,000 people. I want to see that in my day. Who else wants to see it in your day? Come on. This is a God of power. This is a God of the supernatural. But I better tell you how he managed to do it. He healed the sick. He raised the dead. And he moved in great power. Uh, researcher John Harden wrote, at Camoran, that area, People were not moved by just the words of Xavier, just like they're not moved that much by my words or your words. So Xavier, he asked at this tomb that had been sealed for a day, he said, open up the tomb. They opened up the tomb. The person that was dead in the tomb, he called the man forth or the woman forth, don't know which it was, called that person forth in the mighty name of Jesus. And the person rose from the dead walked out of the tomb, and multitudes were saved through the miracle power of God. I want to know who's going to be first to raise someone from the dead in this place. There's a number of hands going up already. Friends, this is not a history book. You know, Jesus himself was risen from the dead. And friends, people being raised from the dead has been it's happening for hundreds and thousands of years. This is not that uncommon. This is just in our, in our world, we kind of like, it's, it's, we're kind of out beyond the realm of our, our thinking. That's why I said, fasten your seatbelts because friends, we're gonna go after this stuff and we are going to see it. We are going to see the power of God in unprecedented, unbelievable, phenomenal, outstanding and miraculous ways that will leave the world in awe of the church and of the people of God. You know, in a country, in a nation that is so secular, one of the most humanistic nations in the world, the power of God will confront that and defeat it, cast it out and bring revival to the church. How many of you know and agree with me, we need the power of God like never before and we're going to keep chasing this thing. As I wrap it up, the healing revival in the 1940s through to about the 60s was in the most, one of the most incredible times in the history of the church. The leaders were people like William Branham, A.A. Allen, John Coe, Oral Roberts, I think Catherine Coleman, others came a bit later. They say that any one of them could fill volumes of books with phenomenal miracles of God's power. Wow. I mean, miracles by the thousands some by the tens of any one of them. And in their day, and there were probably, I don't know, maybe a hundred or more of these people, any one of them virtually could fill 
these auditoriums, big auditoriums, massive revival tent, packed them out day after day, night after night, and often with multiple services, friends. Why? Because when the power of God is there, you don't need brochures. You don't need pamphlets. You don't need the television advertising anything for you. The miracles are the advertising in themselves. They will come, friends, from anywhere and everywhere because people need to uh, experience the power of God because they've got so many struggles in their lives. And so they would do this. And this is, what, in the 40s, 50s, 60s, maybe a bit beyond that. Yet Yet we have forgotten their works in one single generation. Wow. This happened in the church, friends. It was, I was alive in those days. Only just, but I was alive in those days. Yet we've forgotten. It's incredible, incredible season where God restored the healing ministry and the healing power to the church. Friends, there was a miraculous deposit of supernatural power that started then that's yet to be fully realized. And I believe it's like a seed that died. And the glories of, but the glories of that generation are beginning to sprout again. And the power that will now be displayed will be multiplied exponentially greater than what they even experienced in those days. But the good news is this, friends. The focus won't be on a few super, so much on superstars. There may still be some of them. I don't know what God's going to do. But that won't be the focus. The focus will be every believer ministering the awesome, incredible power of Almighty God. You and I, every one of us, if we choose to pursue this. So friends, as the musicians, singers come, we must passionately, we must passionately, we must fervently, we must unrelentingly, we must unceasingly pursue the power of Almighty God. Why? because it is the only hope for the survival of the church. I don't think the church can survive with the confrontations with the powers of darkness that are coming, friends, and and, and the extreme depravity of the world. If we don't get the power of God back, we are in serious trouble, friends. And I refuse to leave a powerless Christianity to the next generation. Because, friends, I don't believe they can survive without it. So we must, with every ounce of strength and energy God gives you and me, with every fiber of prayer that we could raise to the heavens, we must, we must, we must restore the power of Almighty God to His church. If not for our sake, for the sake of generations, so help us, God, to press into you, to cry into you, and God, to bring back your power. Your supernatural. God, just what we read in the book. Please, God. Please, God. Don't leave us powerless. The world is broken. God, we're broken. We don't know how to fix this stuff, but we know your power is enough. So please God, please come. Break through in power. But we know you've heard our prayers. We know you've heard our cry. We know that you will answer. Because you're a God who hears and that answers prayer.
So we thank you for that. Thank you, campuses, for joining with us today. Trust that you'll enjoy the rest of your service. God bless you.